Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Marisa Charles is with us. She is our co-host on WellMed Radio, a board-certified family practice physician who has a clinic not far from uh, Ingram Mall. Here in San Antonio. San Antonio's yeah. uh, sort of west side, sort of. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But you grew up down uh, in the valley. I did. I'm actually from a very small town called Zapata, Texas, near Laredo. And uh, there are like 10 people there. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah. a lot of cows. We've got cows, there's horses, people riding down the street in horses sometimes. It's really fun. So what was that like growing up? You could run out the door, ride your bike. Nobody worried about it. You know, growing up in a small town, and we were down close to the border, but um, no bridge in Zapata. So you have to drive either to Laredo or to uh, Rio Grande City to get to Mexico, but still growing up very, very close to the border. And you grew up bilingual. I did. Mom speaks Spanish. Yes. My parents, um, well, my father was born in Mexico and moved to the United States. My mother was born here in Texas, but um, the household, there was just a much stronger likelihood of speaking Spanish. And so you grew up knowing it. Now you've got young kids. Are you speaking Spanish? Oy, um, it's actually been really hard um, to teach them Spanish. My husband doesn't speak a lot of Spanish, although he understands most of what I tell him. Um, but the girls, it's been a little bit harder. I do have two daughters. I was just saying my seventh grader is taking um, Spanish in school now, and it's been really fun. Um, but she, she's a little resistant sometimes. She doesn't always want to practice with me. Well, we're going to welcome to our uh, WellMed Radio Hotline a WellMed uh, South Alamo Medical Group practitioner, uh, Dr. Ninza Sanchez, who uh, also is bilingual, speaks Spanish. And the topic that we wanted to touch on is something that it is always, for me, very difficult to talk about. Not because I have a fear of a colorectal exam. God knows at age 78 I have plenty and, and there's nothing problem with it and no difficulty. But I have a very good friend who died of colorectal cancer who just never would go in for a screening until it was way too late. And so whenever we can do a show like this, I'm hoping uh, we'll reach those who have yet to jump on board that colorectal wagon. And Dr. Sanchez, thank you for wanting to talk about this. Uh, tell us first of all the tell us first of all the 411 on colorectal exams and cancers. Okay, well, first of all, I just say it's very, very important to get a, a colorectal cancer screening. We do know that at CVH it's 50, the incidence of colon cancer definitely increases quite a bit. Uh, and, and actually, uh, we recommend uh, either, there's different types of colon cancer screening. There's, of course, a colonoscopy, which is the gold standard. And there's also uh, now ColorGuard and also the, the stool test, which you can do every year. Uh, and so there's different kinds of tests depending on the patient situation. However, the, the colonoscopy is the gold standard. Except some folks have said the uh, ColorGuard misses some uh, potential cancers. Well, well, actually, what, what the color guard is, is you measure the DNA uh, in, in, this, in the blood. If there's DNA um, that may be, um, some DNA mutations that may be uh, point towards the cancer. 
Um, the advantage of doing colonoscopy is that as a specialist goes in with a very um, thin, flexible tubing into the large intestine, they're able to pick up polyps. And, and that's one of the main reasons why we do the colonoscopy, because those polyps, which are extra pieces of tissue, can later turn into cancer. Uh, and so at the time of the colonoscopy, they, be, they can be cut off, and that way um, they, don't, they, they disappear. They, uh, the patient doesn't have to worry about uh, the possibility of being, uh, uh, going into a cancer. Uh, so that's one of the advantages of having the, uh, the colonoscopy. Also, of course, the colonoscopy looks into the entire intestine, the large intestine that is, uh, and so you can pick up all the abnormalities that can be in, in the large intestine, like diverticulosis. Absolutely. Well, uh, what is, so there's other, other issues that can be seen as well. What is diverticulosis? It's kind of a little bit, little bit tiny out patches that, we, that some people have in the large intestine. And it's important because sometimes you can develop an infection. Uh, and when you have those, we recommend that people don't eat any things with seeds because those seeds can actually collect into those out patches and then they can develop into an infection. Uh, and unfortunately, diverticulitis is a very painful um, infection. And most people end up in the ER with that. So obviously we're trying to minimize patients going to the ER. Um, and so uh, by looking at the diverticulosis, we can, the, the specialist and the primary care doctor can then recommend um, to the patient the diet, but so in having uh, minimizing seeds, like I do eat, um, Fruit, you know, take out all the seeds or avoid eating fruit at the very city. Uh, uh, that's one of the main things. And of course, a high fiber diet, which also, by the way, helps with uh, prevent cancer of the intestine. I'll tell you what, being Jewish, I can't eat a bagel without poppy seeds or sesame seeds, <laughs> so I am doomed. <laughs> by the way, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Wellman Radio. Delighted to have you on board. I'm Ron Aaron, co host, along with our co host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Two of us come to you every week talking about medical issues as they relate to people of all ages, uh, and, and especially some who are older, because we are an aging population. And we're talking today with Dr. Nisa Sanchez. Uh, she's with South Alamo Medical Group and is a uh, family practitioner. Am I right? Family practitioner? Uh, internal medicine. Internal medicine. Same idea, close, but no scar, close. right? Exactly. Now, when so, you mm-hmm. talk about uh, diverticulitis, uh, do you know you have it if you have it or not? No, and, and that's one of the advantages, again, doing colonoscopy, just like with, uh, with uh, cancer. Sometimes people can have those polyps, like I mentioned earlier, that this is extra tissue. This actually can actually be cancer in, in, in that polyp. Uh, and so, unfortunately, there's very few symptoms. And, and one of the bad things is that by the time we have symptoms, is too late. Uh, the cancer has grown way, way too out of control. Um, and then, of course, you have extensive surgery and, and you possibly even die of cancer. Um, uh, colon cancer is, is the fourth um, um, number of, is the fourth, is number four in the number of, can, of people dying from cancer behind uh, lung, breast, and prostate cancer. So uh, that's what we strongly recommend to have the screening. Because unfortunately, we don't have symptoms until it uh, can be too late by the time we get the symptoms. Now, some of the symptoms may be blood in the stool, um, abdominal pain, or, or weight loss that you don't know what causes the weight loss. Uh, but again, by the time they show up, it can be a, a little too late. Yeah, it was my friend Jerry Smith. He was a, uh, a police chief, uh, worked for ACOG mm-hmm. here as head of their law enforcement division. And by the time the symptoms uh, got to be just unbearable, it was too late. He just would never go for a uh, 
colonoscopy, and it just drove me crazy. So at what age do we normally start um, recommending the screenings for cancer? From what age to what age? We recommend from the age of 50 to 75. Uh, now, some people can get it after the age of 75, um, but most of the recommendations uh, are from 50 to 75. And again, it depends, it depends also on what test you have. You get a colonoscopy and it's completely normal, you will get it every 10 years, which is another advantage of doing the colonoscopy. The, the stool test, you do it every year, and the colobar, you do it in five years, depending on their positive or negative. Uh, and so, but at the age of 50, that's when we start. Um, uh, yeah, that's when the, for nowadays, uh, in this year, it's at age 50. That's, that's the recommendation for starting cancer screening. Now, a friend of mine who is a, a colorectal cancer specialist said to me that uh, while that's been the standard, he'd like to see it raised because people are living so much longer uh, and they run the right. risk of colorectal cancer uh, into their 70s and 80s. Right. I have some patients who, um, you know, are 80 and doing well. And so what we generally recommend for them is to know, you know, to let us know if they have any symptoms. But generally the, the routine screening isn't done that much more after that. It's just if you develop the bleeding, just like Dr. Sanchez was saying, the abdominal pain, the bleeding, the weight loss, all of those things you would need to let us know. Trouble is in our society, weight loss is seen as a plus. Well, I guess it depends. I mean, if you're trying, if say, you know, you come in saying, hey, I changed my diet, I stopped eating the tortillas, and now I've lost (laughs) 10 pounds, well, I'm not going to worry about that. Right. But patients that are telling me, oh, my goodness, I'm eating just fine, I'm eating everything, I feel, I I don't understand why I'm losing weight. That's That's when we worry. I've got the COVID-20. The so, game, yeah. the, the little uh, yeah. COVID-20. Yeah, the I know COVID those have been like, a little stress. You know, you go off to college, you get the freshman 10. Yeah. COVID's worse. COVID's worse. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so uh, Dr. Sanchez, uh, yes. is the word getting out into our community? I, I heard you slip in that sometimes men are a little resistant uh, to undergo the exams. Women, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not one. Uh, you get a lot of poking inside of yourself that, uh, you know, becomes very distasteful, but you, you're, I don't know that you're used to it, but it's part of your regular medical routine. So a colorectal yeah. exam mm-hmm. is not that far uh, off. For men, they don't want to do it. Right, and, and, um, and one, of the, um, one thing that I always recommend my patients, and I always speak with them about, is again, uh, if the colonoscopy is normal, then you have it every 10 years. You only have to worry about it every 10 years. Uh, and another another issue about having a colonoscopy is that uh, colon cancer can be inherited, and so you have it or you have the polyps, then your children and your brothers and sisters they should also have a colonoscopy. So not only are you doing it, you're doing it for yourself, you're also doing it for your loved ones. Uh, and so that's another thing that that I. Tell my patients when, when I talk to them about getting a colonoscopy or and, any kind of colorectal right. cancer screening. And those recommendations are actually a little bit different, right? So like if, if for example, um, my mother had colon cancer at 50, when should I start checking for colon cancer? Right. We should recommend that uh, 10 years when uh, uh, the uh, oldest uh, relative, so you, uh, your mother had it at 50, then you would have it at 40. So, um, so yeah, yeah so you would start for a colorectal, and it's actually, it's actually also recommended that um, if, uh, say, you, uh, in your case, uh, in, if that would be the case, we're at age of 40, uh, and so it is recommended to 
uh, also uh, screen the relatives if there is evidence of colon cancer. All right, hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is here. Women Radio is what you're listening to, and our very special guest is Dr. Niza Sanchez with the South Alamo Medical Group. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around. Well, I guess the good news, he was not on that plane with Buddy Holly. Bill Haley in the comments, delighted to hear him <laughs> coming your way as we talk about medical issues on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, who is a board-certified family practitioner. And uh, you got the Buddy Holly reference. I did, yeah. The day the music died. Oh, so sad. It was sad, mm-hmm. absolutely. But the Big Bopper was not on that airplane. So that's that's a good thing. So, so he he made it. He yeah. made it through. We're talking about colorectal cancer and colorectal screenings. Dr. Ninza Sanchez is with us. Uh, she's with the South Alamo Medical Group. Dr. Sanchez graduated from the University of Texas Health Science Center, completed her residency at the University Hospital and Audie Murphy Veterans Hospital in San Antonio. She's fluent in Spanish, lives in San Antonio, and enjoys listening to 80s music. But we were only off by a couple decades with... Bill Haley in the comments. And she cooks Italian food. She probably needs her home addresses. Yeah, I think so. We need to go ahead and put share the, in some of that. Put in our Italian food orders. And she <laughs> runs marathons. When's the last one you ran, Dr. Sanchez? I ran it last year. Um, and um, I did the San Antonio Marathon last year. And I also did Las Vegas half marathon last year as well. Oh, cool. And are you going to run again this year? Well, this year, because of COVID, unfortunately, they all have been canceled. Uh, uh, so we're kind of doing virtual. Uh, so it's not the same, but uh, at least I'm still definitely running. So virtual, you do it on a... Uh, like on a treadmill, or treadmill, you just yeah. do it out on yeah, the street? Well, you do it. You don't really do a treadmill. You do it, but you, you record. You make a record of all your runs. Oh, uh, and then you, uh, you know, um, make it like it, uh, and uh, you uh, get in um, with the other people that are also on the same team. Um, and that way, uh, we all keep records of how much running we're doing. And you can do it in sections, or you can do it uh, at, at, your, at your pace, which is uh, actually more, more convenient. That's where honesty comes in. Our little girl was in a book reading competition in her class. She's nine years old. I said, Reagan, how many books did you read? I read 15, Dad. I said, really? <laughs> really? Did yeah. you now? Yeah. Tell me about this Let me see, <laughs> Let me Let see, me those, see 15 those books. books. <laughs> right. But in uh, the marathon virtual... Uh, obviously, you know, if you, if you make up the numbers, you're only hurting your, yourself, so it's silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. As a runner, uh, do you find that it keeps you in better shape, better health, 
and the kinds of issues that we talk about on this show and others are at least reduced. Right. Uh, it definitely gives me a better shape, but also makes me feel more self-conscious about what I'm going to eat. Uh, so I know that I cannot have junk food, otherwise I won't, I'm not going to have a good run. Uh, and so, and also, um, I always talk to my patients about stress. Of course, you know, we all have all kinds of stresses at home, family, even just driving to work is stressful. Absolutely. Uh, and so, it actually helps me quite a bit with stress. And I've talked to my patients who also do, uh, not just running, but back riding and other kinds of exercise, that also they say definitely helps with stress. So, you know, particularly now during COVID, uh, this, this, uh, you know, this year being so stressful for everyone and maybe going to depression and anxiety. And exercise is probably one of the best things, if not the best thing, to, um, to stay away from or to minimize uh, stress and anxiety and depression. Now, what are some of the other regular exams that patients ought to have in addition to a colorectal exam? The things you look at, uh, for example, lungs and heart in terms of seeing how they're doing. Right. We, we, uh, for people that have, for lung cancer, it's only for people that have a lung history uh, of smoking. Um, you have to have what is called 30 pack year, meaning that you smoke at least one pack every day for 30 years. Uh, and, or, you know, the equivalent of that. Uh, and at that time, you do a CT of the chest, um, and you do that once a year, a special type of CT of the chest. But for the vast majority of us, uh, there's no uh, cancer uh, screening for lung cancer. Um, and for, in terms of, uh, of course, it's the mammogram uh, that we may get. Aviation tips is recommended every, every, every year, every two years, depending on, on the risk factors. Um, uh, this also, um, we also recommend that, um, again, for all the types of uh, cancer uh, in pregnant women, uh, up to the age of 65 to obviously get the pap smear. Uh, and, and so those are the main tests that we have for other types of cancer. Now, asking for a friend, what if you smoke three packs a day for 20-plus mm, years? Absolutely. But yes, you quit. Mm -hmm. But okay. you quit. But you quit. Well, it depends on when you quit. Oh. So that lung right. cancer recommendation mm -hmm. for screening is 30 pack years so if you did three packs a day for even uh, no it's for a friend right it's why are you a, looking at me oh, so no sorry ron no, thank you if your friend uh -huh. had smoked three packs a day even for 10 years then they qualify to have the lung cancer screening but then you have to have quit within 15 years once it's been more than right. 15 years that you quit you don't necessarily have to do those ct scans anymore so that's a good thing that you quit yeah that, that well, your friend quit that right that my friend quit, quit. yes Definitely, we recommend against smoking. Smoking is one of the biggest risk factors for so many things, including all kinds of cancers, plus heart disease and heart attacks. As a reformed smoker who may have smoked that much, I know today, to show you how addictive it is, if I had one cigarette, I'd be back. That's probably One true. cigarette. I, I know it. I know yeah. it. Now, I'm mm -hmm. not attracted right. to it when I'm, when I'm around uh, smokers. Well, yeah, it's incredible how. But I could have one, and you it's, develop a little bit of an aversion. Yeah. The smoke actually smells really bad. And when you patients, don't notice it when you're smoking, you don't notice it. No, you smell like an ashtray. Mm -hmm. When patients walk into your office, Doctor Sanchez, uh, you immediately know if they're still smoking. Oh yes, because like you said, you can smell the smoke even in their clothes. 
um, even in the service of, of course, the chewing gum or, you know, even um, hot mouthwash uh, to uh, wash their, uh, their, their mouth, but you can still smell it. Also, um, you've got kind of wrinkling around the face is very more prominent in, particularly around the lips, is more prominent in, um, in, in smokers than in non-smokers. Uh, so there's also not just the, uh, you know, the smells, also all the physical signs that, uh, of course, it's the cough, the smokers, what we call, we physicians call it the smoker's cough. It's actually very prominent, and it's very different from just the cough you get from when you have, you know, allergies. Um, so it, uh, so there are signs that you, that you can tell somebody's smoking, even if they don't tell you um, that they have smoked. So what are you seeing around their lips? Both uh, uh, Maurice and I are staring at each other's lips. What, what is it you look for? Well, actually, on top of the lips, you see a lot of, a lot of more wrinkling, almost like uh, very straight, very fine, straight lines that you get it's around the It's from the pursing, right? It's more common in women that smoke as opposed to men that smoke, but you can also, you can see in both men and women. Uh, but it's definitely, uh, it's, I guess, more prominent in women because it's, you know, men have, some of them have a beard. Uh, but it's very prominent in women. It's a very characteristic type of wrinkling that women get. Uh, around their, uh, on top of their lips and in the, in the lower five, lower area of the face, uh, due to smoking. Did either of you ever smoke? No, I have never smoked. I smoked for maybe two seconds in college and stopped. Never bought my own cigarettes. Didn't like it. I didn't. Well, no, I just knew how terrible it was for you, so I stopped. Yes. Well, good for you. Yeah. And when you're Don't smoking, let my mom know. She doesn't know. <laughs> no, right. And she's not listening to us down in Zapata, huh? No, not at all. So. If you had started, mm-hmm. uh, you would appreciate how tough it is to quit. Absolutely. No, and I had so many friends who, right. you know, and that still now are smoking um, from back then. So, really? Yeah. No, I know how addictive it can be. My dad was a smoker as well, but no. That's why I quit. It's a very I didn't want my idea. kids to see me smoking because you can tell them don't smoke all you want. Uh, Dr. Sanchez, you can say don't smoke, don't smoke. <laughs> uh, but if you're smoking, right. they'll smoke. Right. Yeah, and actually what some of my patients have asked, say one, one of my patients quit because he had grandchildren. He had his first grandchild, and he decided that he might see his grandchild uh, see him smoking. So he quit uh, when his grandchild was born. Well, good for him. Wonderful. Yeah. No, that smoking cessation is so important, and we we do talk to a lot of patients about that and try to support them because there are even medicines that are helpful these days. So there are a lot of resources to help people quit smoking if they desire to do that. Now, moving northward up the body, we've done colorectal cancer. We've done lips. We've done heart, lung cancer. What about eyes uh, and and issues involving eyes? Uh, are, Are you seeing as people age more and more perhaps folks with glaucoma and other problems like macro degeneration. Right. right. Uh, cataracts are actually um, very common. Of course, glaucoma is, but cataracts are more common as, as we all get older. Uh, and I always recommend to have uh, a dilated eye exam uh, to make sure that um, the, the uh, ophthalmologist, which is the eye doctor, looks well into, into the back of the eye to retina, which is the main nerve that controls the, uh, the eyes. Um, and also, of course, in diabetics, uh, we definitely recommend to have a diabetic eye exam once a year because, again, diabetes is one of the organs. We don't, uh, most diabetics don't, don't realize this, but uh, it's, um, blindness is a very common cause of, of that. It's a common cause of uncontrolled diabetes. Uh, and so we definitely recommend an eye exam. But 
For the vast majority of people, again, cataracts and glaucoma. Cataracts, both cataracts and glaucoma, when on can can actually lead to blindness as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, an eye exam is one of the most important exams that uh, we all can have. Absolutely. We I had cataracts, both eyes. Actually, so did I. You're I young had, for I cataracts. Know. I had cataracts in, really? my, in my 30s. I, we don't know. It was probably genetic. No kidding. Yeah. So you got brand new lenses. I do. I'm I looking do. at them. They are they're bright yeah. and shiny. <laughs> we have a friend who works here at uh, the radio station who, uh, for many years, uh, had unchecked, undiagnosed, well, it was diagnosed, untreated, unmanaged diabetes. He lost a leg. Uh, he developed a wound. Uh, uh, he had a peripheral uh, issues, didn't know it was in trouble. So ultimately, the leg's taken, and now he has lost vision in one eye, and they're working very, very hard uh, to save the other eye. And I think folks uh, who may have diabetes, who are listening to this show, uh, need to know how important it is to do what you need to do uh, to maintain blood sugar levels. Absolutely. No, it makes such a big, big difference and not, you know, in so many organ systems. And I know Dr. Sanchez sees it all the time as I do um, patients that are suffering from the complications of diabetes. Well, that's a good point for us to say. Thank you, Dr. Sanchez. We are flat out of time. We'd like to get you on again. You you are just a font of information. We enjoy talking with you. Thank you. You take care. Dr. Nisa Sanchez at South Alamo Medical Group. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Thanks for listening to WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.